for listening to Most Certainly True, a podcast of Grace Lutheran Church in downtown Milwaukee. It has been said that history is really His story, the story of God showing His grace and mercy to the people He has created. That grace and mercy is on clear display in the Gospels as we see our Jesus living and dying for the sins of the world. But His story continues. The story of the early Christian church is his story as well. We are glad that you have chosen to read that story with us, as together we read chapter by chapter through the book of Acts. We'll review the stories of God's grace and mercy on his infant church and celebrate that same grace and mercy that we know and experience today. We are glad to have you studying and growing with us. Here's the next episode of our podcast and the discussion of the next chapter of the book of Acts. We're back, and we're glad you're back for another episode of Most Certainly True Podcast. Pastor Brian Hockman, one of the pastors here at Grace, and I'm here with my friend and colleague, Pastor Jim Hebner. How are you today? I am well. Glad. Thank you, Pastor Hockman. Great to be together for another podcast. How fun is this, right? Getting, Too much uh, fun. Well, yeah. I mean, that's ministry is that, and we we had a we had an interesting. Uh, now we're pegging this in time, right? But once a month, we're privileged to see a little bit more about what's going on in our church body, so all of our members are up to speed a little bit on how they're offering a little bit, you know, on what's going on. And how their offerings do and prayers do make a difference for getting this collective work as a church body, as congregations, and as believers together, we get the good news of Jesus out to more places and more people. And it was interesting to have that recent Wells Connection video with um, an emphasis on a story about second career people who decided to look into and serve their Lord full-time in ministry as a second career. And it's interesting timing because we have that ministry, the fun thing. And so I thought it was an interesting piece in that the gentleman that they were telling the story about just saw that as a career shift into being able to just share this message of joy, which is, and we're going to find this out in these last two chapters as we look at it. And I want to, uh, you know, spoiler alert here, but you know, there's some, there's law and gospel throughout the Bible. So there's some harsh stuff that comes up that almost is eyebrow raising in these last two chapters. And yet how the good news is going to be moved forward and wider as God is directing his servant uh, is really why, because this is the best and most joyful message there could be. Yeah, for sure. Right. We had a handful of second career students uh that joined into our class when we graduated from ah. the seminary and um kind of a funny side note one of those students had a daughter who went into the teaching ministry ah. and ended up teaching at one of our schools in anchorage she was about 10 years younger than me but she would then laugh I, and yeah. laugh and laugh every time we got together that i was classmates with her father oh yeah yeah <laughs> That's 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 good. Like, she can rub you. that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She did. yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yes, yes, we were classmates. <laughs> yeah, that's and what a blessing, you know, that our 
church body has dedicated men and women who maybe in a career shift would still want to be able to serve their Lord in that way. And and it works the other way too. There are times when people decide. But uh, it's just, it's a joyful privilege that we have here to work together as partners and with our team and uh, Pastor Strong and share good news. So it's it, it was a neat, unique opportunity to let people see that joy and fun in that, again, this is pegging this historically, but we had our first ever uh, end of summer block party. And yeah. so you get a lot of kudos on that, Pastor <laughs> Hockman, because I know you and your team were really working your tails off for months. Yeah. That was a lot of time and energy. And and I was uh, I'm extremely grateful and happy that it all turned out. So yeah, it was really fun. You need fun. a pat on the back for that. Well, we already did that earlier was, in the week. But, it was uh, pretty cool to see. It's uh, neat. Uh, and you got on TV. I did get on TV, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, they, they clipped the interview, so it was talking about school instead of talking about church and ministry, And but whatever. Yeah, we got were, our name out there, right. and Grace Church was on the news to be yeah. recognized. And Yeah. Um, I thought it was uh, very a huge success in the sense that you don't know exactly in planning and how it's going to turn out, but, you know, the number of people that stuck around and after our third service or came back from earlier worship attendance and then people from the community who pop in and enjoy the the um, food and the games and the music and the camaraderie and the conversations. It just yeah. uh, was a nice... My goal all along was that our community could see us having fun and yeah. be drawn yeah. to come and see it and come and join in. And I think that was, that was accomplished. I kind of knew... Uh, I was hoping we'd have a lot of people from the community, but I knew even if the Lord doesn't bring yeah. that many people through our efforts and advertising and signage and whatever, that uh, worst case scenario is we'd have fun as a as a Grace Church family. Yeah. So if if that's the worst case, that's that's a pretty good uh, afternoon to spend. Yeah. So and as it happened, we had several dozen um, people. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to meet and hand off some flyers and invite people to join us for worship. I know. Uh, Paul Sherwood led some church yeah. tours and had our dear Paul, our member, right, who is loves to talk about our architecture, building history, whatever. And yeah, that worked out great. That that was a great idea to plan that in to open the doors and have people have if they care to. Yeah, members too who haven't had a chance to hear more about the history background and not just about the building, but uh, the rest of the congregation's life. And Paul's got a good handle on it, and he's willing and loves to do it. And I thought that was a great idea to plan mm-hmm. that into the day also. So it was pretty neat. To, and, you know, we had leading up to it a, a week where the forecast would be maybe the weather could be rain, maybe oh, not, gosh. and turn to be a gorgeous day, sun out, the Lord as, just blessed I it. Think and, even as of Thursday, it was 50% chance of rain. I'm like, <laughs> what do we do if yeah. it rains? Yeah. Um, we had a plan that none, no one was real happy with, but it was this is what we'll do if, if it storms. and. Then I think Friday it came out and said, all the rain will be Saturday and Sunday will be great. Yeah. Thank Excellent. you, Lord. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it was a, it was a day without a storm, unlike the Apostle Paul's the journey Apostle to Rome. Paul where there would have end been, up with a pretty Oh, we got the chapter 27 <laughs> transition, didn't we? So Paul has been languishing, you know, in this uh, Caesarea area on the coast of the Holy Land and waiting for his move and finally with his appeal to Caesar, you know, finally the time has come where they're going to get him on a, a boat and sail west. 
isn't that interesting? We're so used to you purchase a plane ticket and uh, it takes you where you need to be. And this was, we're going to hang around and ask around and see what boats are heading in that direction and <laughs> see if we can tag along, right? Right. I, I just found that interesting. And then they knew where, so the boat that they first get on is heading up into the Aegean Sea. And so we'll take that yeah. as far as we can and then we'll get off and do it again. Wait around for for a boat that's heading uh, <laughs> heading more due east towards Rome. So one of those things you maybe don't often think about is how did travel take place? And yeah. um, here you've got something as official as a contingent that's heading to go meet Caesar, <laughs> and they're uh, hitchhiking, right? <laughs> they're well, there. it seems as though it's a cargo ship, right? You know, right. you got the, the grain and everything that's gonna, later going to be tossed. So there it's it's valuable uh, podcast listeners will find this to be true bible readers this is one chapter where it would be valuable to have your map handy somewhere in your bible or look it up online this is all available online just put in paul's journey to rome and it'll pop up but then you can kind of track how this is going to work as they go from caesarea up the coast and they're going to what we would consider to be today of course the nation of turkey is asia minor and they're going to pop along its coast and they're going to go uh, past the island of Cyprus. And then the idea would be when you get to the Asia Minor southwest corner where it turns north in the Aegean, they're going to scoot to more of the southwest down to the island of Crete and go below Crete. it. Right. Because that'll be fairer winds. This is pretty much what happened. That's how that boat moved, and they eventually are on this. Uh, ship that's going to be uh so what do you now, now the debate right are you going to be able to because it took a little time and there was some delay because of some weather issues are you going to be able to spend because the winter would be choppier apparently on the mediterranean it would be easily for storms to come up are you going to then just all right we're going to suck it up and just stay on the island of crete over the winter time then sail again in the spring yeah i wonder if this is similar um my alaskan experience here the aleutian islands the ah. weather is always nasty if you've ever watched uh the show the deadliest catch oh yeah um you can see some of those storms and it's because there's no land to break up the weather patterns and so i think that's kind of what's going on here if we sure. go out into the open sea yeah. during the winter it's going to be cold and rainy and windy and storm comes up and there, there's no land to break it up. And I think that's where the danger yeah. uh, ends up. So There must have been somewhere along the line. And Luke, who's recording this, is there because he jumps back into these wee passages. Yeah. You know, he's with them. There must have been pressure from the ship's owner or the, the, the person who's dealing in the, the grain or th that this has got to get moved and there's a time factor and you're going to lose dollars right. if you don't get this moved soon. Yeah, even though it looks like the plan is we just want to move 50 miles further east. On, along Crete, right? Along Crete. We want to get to the city of Phoenix, which is a bigger city and it sounds like from the description the port was well set up to winter right so so there are maybe some benefits to spending three months as you wait out the winter storm season there versus where they were um but yeah i mean even the centurion is uh paul's warning like we shouldn't go yeah. on this is where we should stay and even the centurion is saying no we got to keep going yeah yeah um, 
Which is an interesting point that you mentioned the centurion, because I, you know, you don't think about this, because I'm just thinking about Paul's journey to Rome, and I know what's going to happen, and they have this uh, storm and all this kind of stuff, and he gets there. But you don't think about the fact that on this ship, you have, of course, the sailors who are responsible to the boat's owners and the maybe the people who are dealing in grain. But then you have a different contingent. You also have soldiers who are there to guard prisoners and take care of all that stuff. So you have sailors and soldiers. Right. There's like the, the soldiers wouldn't and... be experienced on the water. But there's two different groups. But there must have been, there must have been, some, whether it's just the respect that a Roman centurion had, like respect for the government, uh, that there must have, they must have had some sway, must have had some influence. It's yeah. Like, it's like a senator on a on an airplane. Uh, they could probably <laughs> go talk to the pilot and eh, maybe, good you know, good analogy. Yeah, yeah. somebody with a little uh, clout. You know, it, it just seems it, it seems interesting. Yeah. If it's 50-50, should we stay on the south side of Crete and harbor, or can we try to press on? And the soldier says, no, we're going on. You know, the sailors, I kind of... In the interests of Caesar, you name drop a little bit and (laughs) and maybe get your steer. Yeah. I I thought the dynamic of of Paul, who's got, obviously God is feeding him some of this information. We see that later on. Seems here like it's just maybe his experience with travel. Um says, I think we should stay here and all these experienced sailors, eh, owner of the boat, yeah. Who are you? You're just a prisoner. Who right. even told you you could talk? We're, yeah. we're, we're going, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then later on, he's the one who's got the instructions and the God whom I serve. And, and yeah. we'll, we'll get to that when we get there. But That's pretty um, cool. But it, this centurion had must have had some clout because it's early in the chapter. He's listed as a part of the Imperial re- Regiment. So centurion typically is over like 100 soldiers, but this guy must have moved up the ranks because the imperial, you're, you're directly responsible under the emperor. And you probably have more than 100 soldiers. I mean, this guy has got rank. Right. You know, so he's up there. He's a colonel. He's a lieutenant general or something. Yeah, right. So when he's on board and the sailors are wondering what to do and they have their own plan in mind and maybe they're undecided, he's going to carry a lot of. He's, he's got an opinion and it, yeah. and it wins the day, right? It does, yeah. Um, so they keep going, trying to get to Phoenix, and that's they don't make turn it. out so well, right? <laughs> and that hits the. Uh, it's just so interesting, you know. There's one of these things that we've said time and time again in our podcast about the Book of Acts. The way Luke, who God used as the author, is you know this dramatic account of the gospel, the good news going forward, and and Paul's journeys and everything. Well, he's right there, and he's an eyewitness, so he could record all this stuff, these details. It's fascinating how Luke is describing it, and then the storm hits, and, oh, you know, a northeaster, and that must have really been scary, right, as these guys are trying to hold the boat together. It always, I don't know anything about sailing. You know, I'm not a water, I don't, but, you know, that... More of a land guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. You know, I mean, I, I love to swim. That's a good thing, but I don't know sailing. So, you know, that they're, the boats were constructed in such a way, and they're big enough to hold 276 people. Yeah, that, that this, struck me, the size of yeah, this. This is not... Yeah. You see it's some of the Sea of Galilee, Jesus and his disciples, and it looks yeah. like the 13 of them are at full capacity. That No, this is quite a bit bigger than, right. than that. But how do you get ropes underneath a boat to hold it together? So I'm thinking, what is there, this lasso, this sort of loop 
that you could because the boat is pointed on one end, like a jump you, rope. You just toss yeah, it. <laughs> you toss it over, and then you it, then you no. got guys on either side. They just keep pulling, and then it gets more to the middle of the boat. Let's cinch it up, you know. Yeah, you, you wonder <laughs> two, two buoys maybe, and you toss, and then you let the boats in the direction yeah. where the sails are. And well, with the choppy seas, how do you do up. that? You know. Well, however, know. they know what they're doing, right? But they're 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 trying to secure this, and it just is so fascinating as they're sailing past this island and and you know they're having a hard time and they uh, well that you know they're bringing in that lifeboat too which is that would typically be trailing on a rope behind them you got to bring that because that's going to pull you all off course if the wind is taking that thing right so you got to bring that in first and then everything else goes overboard because you don't know what to do <laughs> they threw it that the third day they threw in the ship's tackle what, what you know I, I wonder what it's like to be on a boat that you're so afraid is going to break yeah. apart that it, it almost seems like just uh, like, well, we might as well try. Just throw some ropes underneath it. Like, how much better is that? Yeah. <laughs> is that really making you? These are experienced sailors, right? So right. they know what they're doing, but they're dealing with such a storm with such force. You're a pretty that, dire spot if you're hoping that yeah. a couple of ropes under the bottom is going to keep your right. boat connected. What was that movie that was about fishermen up there in Maine or in the, right? And then. A famous actor was in it, and they're out there in the sea, and you know you go up these big swells, and that was scary. And uh, you know it was not too many years ago this movie was made. I can't think of it now, but you know you just get a little more sense of the huge force of the ocean. <laughs> yeah, for it's sure, just, man. There, and, and so the these people. That, but then this is where in our Bible reading, and you you just have to pause and stop because. Like Jesus with calming the storm and like, you know, our God knows what he's doing and that he would communicate with Paul and say, it'll be okay. <laughs> like you said before, here's the prisoner speaking up and saying, calm down, boys, we're, yeah. we're going to make it. It'll be okay. God told me we're going to, oh. None, and none of you will be lost. And that that's a comfort to Paul and, and, uh. Later on, when some are going to try to escape, and he can say, "You can let them go," but I can't promise their safety unless that you know it gives Paul yeah. credence and clout. Yeah. Um, and, and to the point where the centurion is intrigued by Paul to an, enough that yeah. he stops the plan where they say we're going to kill all the prisoners so that they don't escape. Yeah. And the centurion says, "Nah, no," and and cites his relationship with Paul as the reason why uh, he had. Paul had earned his favor, and no, we're gonna. It's Paul, incredible. Paul hasn't led us astray yet, and and we're gonna just continue on with him calling the shots. Exactly, and that, you know, you think about the storms that it's easy to do when you can see this, uh, the different storms we have in life, and uh, there are many times when we think, you know, we're how are you gonna make it? <laughs> but then the Lord comes to us with His promises through Scripture and says, "Well." You know, you'll make the ultimate goal. You'll still be in heaven. It'll, you know, right. nothing can separate us from love of Christ, and that's just vividly demonstrated here in a physical sense with this storm. But Paul had that in mind too. It's this recurring theme: Paul's boldness, yeah. no matter what he's facing, whether it's <laughs> persecution or unfair trial, or now uh, weather. We know he had his thorn that he struggled through and right. eventually embraced. Um, he fully understands that God is in control of his life and right. is fully willing to yield to his plan and 
and put his trust in in what God has in store for but him. Th- think about this too, right? Because we're when he gets to Rome, and we always figured that the house arrest is sixty one to sixty two. So this is fifty nine sixty, making this trip, or sixty to sixty to sixty, something like that. So we're in about sixty or sixty one, and um, just what five years earlier. He's moving from Ephesus through northern Greece, and here's the result of his first letter to the Corinthians, and writes his second letter to the Corinthians from northern Greece, and is mentioning what he has gone through as an apostle for the Lord, and does mention what was at least three times he's been in shipwrecks, you know? Right. So, you know, if you're and reading along... this and. Yeah. This is at least if, four, if, right? Yeah. So if you get to this chapter and you're thinking, wow, Paul's going through a shipwreck. Well, he's been there and done this before right. out of the open sea. And this is nothing new to him. Right. <laughs> to have the, and the attitude that he marks on whether I live or die, I do it to the Lord. Right. Um, I'm going to continue to be faithful and, and continue to follow him and serve him while I can. And then when he says that time's done, then I'll be done serving and it'll be, it'll be glory just, time. Right? It'll be just fine for that. <laughs> so this is just a remarkable chapter. And of course, then the shipwreck occurs and that's always just so dramatic as they're coming toward, you know, more shallow ground and dropping an egg, trying to slow things down and not crash up against the reef. And, you know, the ship, you can imagine that this noses into the sandbar or whatever, and then you get the back of the boat is plummeted. Uh, you know, pummeled by the the waves to the point where it breaks apart. <laughs> and everybody grab a hunk of wood if you're not a good swimmer because you're going to float. And and they all make it. They all make it. Yeah. And then it, the chapter kind of ends on, maybe you've seen this in a, in a movie scene before. <laughs> like we went through this, we survived the, the storm. Now we found land. But now the big question mark, what's... What are we going to find on which, where did we get dropped? <laughs> and that's where the chapter ends, right? We yeah. got to find out yeah, what, you're, what there is in store for us on this. Now you're, now you're thinking castaway, you know, and there's <laughs> Tom Hanks out in the middle. He's, so all these guys are going to be sitting on the shore looking for a volleyball. Yeah, and, maybe. <laughs> well, they got each other, not alone, so they don't right. have to identify Wilson, right? But <laughs> it's just really, it makes you want to keep turning the page. It makes you keep going. But um, I, I do think that. It is one of those where you you have to want to keep your eyes moving and keep reading because this is so dramatic, and yet you want to pause too and see the guiding hand of God. I can remember back um, when I was a ninth grader, we had a history teacher at the academy that used to be attached to the college in New Ulm, Minnesota, and that academy was merged with the Wells Prep School we had in Mobridge, South Dakota, for a time in Prairie du Chien that was a merger, and then eventually it's now all in Watertown. But that history teacher we had was a unique character, uh, this professor, but he was really a good teacher. And he, I could talk to any one of my classmates or anybody in that era who had him for probably a generation, how long did he teach at that academy? But the very first day, of he taught ninth grade world history and 10th grade history, which would take you up past the Reformation. So you're starting with creation all the way in two years. But our ninth grade, this is ancient history, but the very first day of class, all the ninth graders 
would have to memorize our professor's definition of history. And then the next day you come to class and you have to write it for the quiz and everybody memorizes this. And then every single day of class, he would begin with the definition of history. And to the point where it's ingrained into... Just rattle it right, off. And the, really just rattle, rattle, right, and so we're going to say it again. And then now you don't have to say it, and now class can go on. But to this very day, uh, any one of my classmates or anybody who went to that academy could say, history is everything that man has done, thought, felt, or hoped for under the guiding hand of God, who would have all people be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. That was a definition. So what is history, right? It's everything that you can... Human beings, he was using the generic term man, has done thought. But uh, what, what human beings have done, thought, felt, or hoped for, but under the guiding hand of God. Why? Because he wants all people to be saved. This is all, history is everything, it's God's story and how he guides and directs and moves so that his message of love through Jesus could get it to the hearts of more people. It's just a really cool definition of, and that that is played out when you're reading this Bible book and you get to chapter 27. You can be, you know, struck almost to your jaw dropping and just you don't know what to say when you see how this dramatic shipwreck occurs and this storm and how people, and then they survived and everything. But really, what is it? The big picture, this is God. <laughs> taking his servant to Rome so yep. he could get, you know, and from Rome he's writing letters and he eventually gets, you know, so the guiding hand of God so all people can be saved and hear that message. It's just, it's uh, a cool truth for us to remember in yeah. our lives too, right? Yeah. That as God writes our history, as we <laughs> seek under his guidance to serve him and, and go through life with its challenges and struggles yeah. and, to recognize and, and acknowledge and praise God for that guiding hand yeah. that, that he has in our lives. Um, and that's because uh, he wants all people. And that means us to, to be saved. And to, yeah, that's what he's done in Jesus. Well said. And we know this, this is, is most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.com gracedowntown.org There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot of information about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again soon.